0: Hello, hello, friends and gamers. So, once again, we find ourselves in a new year. That year is 2024. And while my last episode, I made some gaming predictions of what I think will happen, we're still gathering guests. I will admit I have three in the queue, none of which could uh, meet and discuss before this date. Funny enough, the day after this episode releases, I'm doing one of those interviews that I'm really excited about. So I can't wait to release that one for y'all, but... I always want to stay on my schedule and make sure I'm getting you all something rather than nothing. So for this episode, I wanted to go over some news I've been reading about, things I found really interesting that I thought people would gain some insight from. Um, We'll probably just get into each one in the title, but, well, rather not in the title. Rather, once we're through this intro and in the body of the podcast, I'll probably be like, hey, for the next few minutes, we're going to discuss The Immutable Passport. And what Immutable hopes it does for Web3 gaming, and you know, there's just there's a few things I'd read. Um, I'm always reading like news, blog posts, updates, and if anything I find interesting. Again, I've really wanted to do this for a long time. It's just been really hard to mix it in with everything else I've got going on. Um, I think I mentioned last episode I am fostering a dog, and so that's that's been a lot of work and taking up a lot of my time. And um, yeah, I mean, I really really like the guy's name is Jax. He's a golden retriever. He is wonderful. If you're ever interested in seeing pictures of Jax, just shoot me an email and I can show you where to find him. So this probably won't be too long, maybe only a 15 to 20 minute podcast, but hopefully you find some interesting news about it. Maybe things you didn't hear about. And, uh, you know, the next episodes we'll have guests again, which I personally like more and find more engaging. I don't mind making individual content, but that is really what I love because I get to learn about so many interesting things and talk to so many people way smarter than me, and I think you all love hearing that too. So thanks for listening. As always, my name is Matthew, and I'm the Web3 Gamer. (eremosceupped) wa wah wa wah 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 wa wah wah wa wa wah 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 wa 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 wah wa 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 wah wa wah 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 wa wah 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 and that commercial was brought to us by the great adults of the Peanuts universe. I mean, groundbreaking stuff. I can't even believe that they chose my podcast to talk about that. The, the fact that you all got to hear those, those touching words and about this mind-blowing, world-changing product and that you're good to be the first ones to purchase it, absolutely astounding can't even believe it. So make sure you check that out, make sure you support them, and hey, make sure you keep eating your nuts. As for getting in the articles, you heard me discuss it in the intro. The first article I'm going to discuss is the is the immutable passport, and I just want you to know I accidentally said the immortal passport, and I was really tempted to leave it in, but I thought I would just fess up to it, say how I thought it was funny, and then I took it out. Anyways, the immutable passport. Essentially, the solution that Immutable Labs is trying to create is the lowering the overall difficulty for Web3 gamers to get involved. So the Immutable Passport is supposed to reduce these roadblocks by essentially offering easy onboarding, similar to think about your single sign-on that you can do with Google, where you have one account to sign in everywhere seamlessly, and... Um, they plan to make it a self-custodial wallet and it'll just be an email and a one-time password. It's supposed to drastically reduce acquisition costs, um, supposed to make it really easy again for gamers to get involved, especially people who aren't familiar with Web3 Gaming. Um, And then I think another thing they're trying to do is really aim this at game developers so that any projects that are working with interoperability from an early uh, stage of development won't have to like retrofit it in Um, it's supposed to be a seamless integration. If you're familiar with Plaid, it's kind of the same way of like you can log in, you can use Plaid through your wallets to essentially easily add funds and make things go smoother than if you had to have a bunch of individual wallets and then, you know, you have to go onto an exchange, buy the tokens, bring said tokens to your wallet, fund wallet. Um, It's just supposed to be this overall ease of integration for people who aren't familiar with Web3 Gaming's. And again, if you're familiar with any of this, you've come to understand that different games are on different chains. And so sometimes the unfortunate thing is you have to have a different wallet for every different game you play, unless it's within one unique ecosystem. Uh, Specifically, like if all the games you're playing are on Ethereum, or all the games you're playing are on Polygon. It just, it depends where you're at. But usually a lot of them kind of the way they've built in, they're like, hey, make sure you download this wallet. And you're like, wait, why can't I use my wallet? And they're like, well, we've integrated this wallet. That's becoming less and less common, you know, if you have something like MetaMask, uh, which is becoming more and more accepted and broader across a lot of these games because it can do multi-chains. But again, it's still an issue for people who may not be familiar with her. They don't even know the process of setting up a wallet, essentially. And again, at the end of the day, the simple point of this passport is supposed to remove this price tag that people need to get into games. I mean, if you know anything about Axie Infinity, you need three Axies to begin. There was one point where that cost about $300. And respectfully, most gamers are going to go, pass, I'll just pay $60 for a AAA game and play that, and I won't worry about it. And so, you know, it's this onboarding and cost barrier where we want to make it as easy for people to go in and play the game because at the end of the day, the game is supposed to be fun. And we want to make sure there's a limited or very minimal cost barrier similar to the traditional gaming market. And I think this is good. I think this is right on par with where we want Web3 Gaming to go. Again, what I talked about in the last episode of giving people easy onboarding as well as giving them the options to engage with said in-game assets is a... is going to be paramount going forward to get people from traditional gaming or people who are interested in Web3 gaming but don't know where to start to show them how easy it is to get integrated and start and not have this monumental barrier that essentially either dissuades them or I guess the better way to put it would be disencourages them because it seems too complicated in terms of price and ease of starting on a game that looks fun to them. And to be fair, I'm a big fan of Immutable because they're the team behind Gods Unchained. Love Gods Unchained because it's one of the few games that I think has done NFTs right in the sense of trading cards, owning the trading cards, and being able to trade and sell said cards. It makes sense with NFTs, and it works really well. And I don't think Immutable is introducing a new concept per se, but it's definitely a probably very new and much-needed concept in Web3 gaming. So I'm all for it. I think it's going to be really interesting. I think we'll see where it takes us in terms of getting non-Web3 users onboarded, But I think there will be a lot of Web3 users who enjoy it, especially if it applies to multiple chains and multiple games that are on the immutable platform. So I think it's going to be a good thing for them and for the ecosystem as a whole. Another interesting article I read was on uh, games.gg where they were looking at, if you've never gone and checked out their big blockchain game... List It's pretty cool. They just have a massive game of every blockchain game, pretty much that is known of, whether they're playable, live, in development, missing developments. But a crazy thing is that basically, out of their 911 games currently listed, they claim 334 are live, 577 remain in various development stages. 407 titles have been discontinued due to reasons such as funding, challenges, market conditions, and I do want to note, this is by the ever-present Eliza Stewart, who does an amazing job reporting on news going on in the industry. But back to it, it's just crazy to see that uh, there's a lot of data that she's pulled into this, so 17% of these 162 discontinued games were multi-chain, which is interesting because in my opinion... Going multi-chain has been a good trend going forward for a lot of these games. Um, I And, you know, it's hard to know if because they were multi-chain they failed or if it was like the previous conditions or issues listed before. Um, interestingly enough, too, this is something I never would have thought. Compared to the first half of 2023, Polygon surpassed Ethereum in terms of discontinued titles by the end of the year, which fascinates me because I feel like so many... Web3 games moved to Polygon due to the low transaction fees, and I thought it was actually a really good thing for them. So again, it's hard to know. I don't want to sit here and go, it's Polygon's fault. I have no way of knowing, but it's fascinating to me to see. you got to wonder what happened with the games that caused them to be uh, discontinued. I also want to clarify that this data originally comes from research from the blockchain gaming group. I just found it conveniently compiled by Eliza at games.gg. And again, the most common reason a gamesman mark is discontinued is a prolonged period of no updates or activity, meaning they simply went radio silent across all their social media channels and websites for months on end. What's crazy is I have seen this, and I always wondered what happened but I just figured it was two things. Either one, it was a rug pull, or two, people ran out of funding and just simply lost interest and chose to pursue other ventures, maybe. It's also funny that if you didn't know, Neopets was you know, revamping and trying to go crypto, and they simply decided that since none of their fans cared, they're not going to do it. And so that's a way that one game has been considered discontinued. So it's, it's a lot more nuanced than that. There's a lot more going on Obviously, but you know what's crazy is apparently Binance saw the biggest game shutdowns across 2023. And what's funny is if you ask me, you're like, What's a Web3 game on Binance? I couldn't even tell you one. You know, I'm wondering if Binance has been included in a lot of games and I've just never known about it, or if there are some legitimately big games out there. I just again, I feel like Polygon and obviously Ethereum have been the two big ones I've run into more than anything, Um, some being Solana as well. That'd probably be my third one. So, But never, ever have I run into any games on Binance. Uh, That doesn't mean they don't exist, and that doesn't mean they aren't big, and I'm just a fool and don't know about them. But it's just fascinating that that was the leader, and I have never seen a game on there. So if you know of any fun games on that chain, please email me and let me know, because I would be curious to see them. And so to wrap this up with some great statistics, I will say they basically found that the discontinuation rate was roughly 30%. And I thought that was a lot. But then what's crazy is they did a 2023 report that claims that 43% of just non-crypto mobile games are canceled during their development. And that apparently 83% of mobile games fail within three years. I could not have told you it was that high. And I thought that was crazy um, but I guess these are the things that can happen, and that's the risk you take when you try to build something like a game. You know, we got a lot of choices nowadays. People can choose to just keep playing the same game for years. As we've seen, there are still people playing. People make their own servers for games if the servers shut down because they want to keep playing it that bad. So, I think this focus on trying to make something unique and fun to play is always going to be paramount in traditional Web three gaming. But more so in web 3 game, it's going to be a big thing going forward. And the last article I will talk about that, you know, I don't think anybody's surprised by this because it's of who it is, but I think we're more so surprised of because of who they're partnered with, it didn't end up working out. GameStop is getting out of the NFT business. Uh, their marketplace had only been live for about a year and a half, and they claim the main reason they were are getting out is... Due to the continuing regulatory uncertainty of the crypto space, that's a message on the Marketplace's website. They'll no longer be operating as of February 2nd, 2024. Because the NFTs were minted on blockchains, though, uh, they can obviously be accessed elsewhere and bought and sold. But again, that, that was a big partner with Immutable X. And I kind of, with how well Immutable does their partnerships, I thought of nothing else that might make it succeed over time. To be fair, this was probably doomed from the start because if you had been following this, um, one of the shadiest things that GameStop did is they claimed they were going to create a $100 million fund with Immutable's IMX token and essentially use that to create and oversee the marketplace. And then literally like the day after they did that, they cashed out almost 50% of it, essentially dumping $47 million worth of the token onto the market. As we all know, GameStop consistently has a lot of debt. My guess is they saw an easy opportunity to shadily shift someone over or there was some sort of loophole in the contract. I would love to know if Immutable didn't put that in, saying you couldn't sell for a certain amount of time or you could only sell a certain amount of, per- like a certain percent within the time. But I'm honestly shocked Immutable allowed them to do that, and whatever their contract was. Maybe they didn't, and they're all you know, civil suits suing each other behind. But it's kind of crazy that they dumped that many on the market. My guess just to pay debts or leverage other things. I don't know. Again, as a big fan, I remember when GameStop was EB games. Um, I don't know. I just I always liked shopping there up until the last three to five years when everything just kind of feels like it went downhill and you know, when they still sold used games, that was nice because you could find some interesting games. But once they kind of removed that policy and went to just selling only what's popular and reducing their stock overall, it's just its it been slowly falling apart. You know it's bad when you get Reggie Philzeme, the former president of Nintendo of America, on your board and he leaves because he claims that you won't listen to any of his ideas or you just simply don't care. And I don't think, unfortunately, GameStop does care. But, you know... This isn't supposed to be about GameStop. The main thing this is supposed to be about is the fact that their NFT marketplace is closing down. I thought that their partnership with Immutable X would actually make it successful, despite the fact that they liquidated almost 50% of their tokens that they got. Yet, it does not seem to be the case. And we shall see. This is just, I keep wanting to think this is the final nail in the coffin for GameStop, but they keep being able to stick around and do stuff. So we'll see how much longer they last. And that is all I really have for you folks. You know, there's always a consistent inflow of articles out there. Not all of them are interesting. Not all of them are worth reading. That doesn't mean they are not good information. I just personally picked ones that I thought were interesting and that I thought maybe people had missed or had not seen. This was all up-to-date or released info as of the first, I'm sorry, the second week of January. I will post the links to all these articles if you're curious to read them in the show notes for the show. And next episode, we will have a guest. I think you'll really enjoy it. I'm looking forward to getting back into interviewing people. So keep gaming, everybody. Keep having fun. And definitely reach out to us on either Twitter or through email if you are interested in being on the show. Well, friends, that's another episode down. If you enjoyed this podcast, we would really appreciate you rating it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you can rate and wherever you listen to and get your podcast. It would mean the world to us and help get this podcast to people who truly are involved in Web3 gaming blockchain, and cryptocurrency, and want to learn more and stay on top of these emerging technologies. If you have any queries, want to reach out about any collaborations or advertisements, as well as want to reach out with any improvements you think we could make on the podcast, please email us at theweb3gamer at proton.me. We would love to hear from you and take every response very seriously. Take care and keep gaming, my friends.